This is part two of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, Elliot, your turn. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, yeah. Well, I have a similar point um, to Katie, and that is that um, perhaps the word experiment is incorrect um, in the scientific sense, right? Because you're not necessarily trying to identify the you know, which substance or approach has a greater marginal benefit um, on something. One of the big questions here is simply trying to figure out which um, which techniques uh, or strategies should be explored further. And that's a very different kind of approach, right, um, than trying to narrow it down to an exact answer about which is best, the question is, which one should we look at next? And for that, yeah, you just throw it all out there and see what happens. I mean, it's not unlike land racing. Um, right. You know, your seats. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Ryan's got his hand up. You're going to have to unmute your mic, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um I was going to say I think that it has a lot to do with how many independent variables you have too. So if you have if you have one control and 15 independent variables, you can perturbate each one of those variables in a different experiment. Um, you could also choose one variable and perturbate that variable by a different amount in each experiment. And both of those will, will give you valid data. So um, uh, I, I, I think all, everything that everybody has said, including the gal that started it off by saying, do it one at a time. So, so uh, what Ryan just said, what um, uh, Elliot said, what Kate said, what everybody said, and Julia said, it's, it's all correct. They're all correct. All those are correct answers. And... Um, and I am making a choice to do a bunch of experiments, but it seems like as, as, as these things are going together, then there's ideas for even further experimentation, and I find myself oftentimes drawing a line. Like, I think adding that one in is too many experiments in one project, and, and so I choose to hold off on that idea to a future project. But I gotta say, I think that for a lot of this stuff, that, well, and I guess what I was trying to go at before, like with the Wafati, is it's like for a lot of the feedback that we're getting, which is great feedback, I feel like those same people could not give us that feedback when we started because they couldn't couldn't get their head wrapped around what we were even trying to do. So I kind of I feel like 
with what we have accomplished, then people can look at it and see what we have, and and then they know how to make another one of those, but this time adding seven things that are better. Um, I I kind of feel like uh, the willow feeders are a really great example, and how like uh, um, uh, willow bank is our second willow feeder, and willow wonka is our third. And we made the seat a little bit higher to accommodate a bigger urine diverter. And we, uh, because we did that, there's only one hole instead of two. Um, and then we just raised the floor inside. And, um, uh, and we did we did a few other things in there to make it a better system. But people made mistakes along the way. That now need to be corrected, and those, and we can point at those and talk about those, and um, and that way when we build another one, they'll be without those mistakes. Although, as long as the mistakes exist in any of the three willow feeders that we have, we can't build another one because people will look at the mistake and say that must be the right way because it exists right there, and it's like no, no. Remember I told you seven times that that was a mistake. Oh, I forgot all seven times, <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around what you were saying because I wasn't at that part of the build yet or whatever. So, Ryan, you still have your hand up, or you got another thing to say? Oh no, I just didn't un. Okay, all right, all right. Well, okay, so um, we're talking about doing this weekly. And uh, to do this kind of permaculture smackdown thing weekly, we, we talked about the idea. Now, first of all, do you guys feel like you're up for trying to do something like this once a week, like at, at this time each week? I mean, you can hold your hand up to say yes. <laughs> there, I'm seeing hands. There they are. Okay. And, and so um, we could do just an open format like this again or uh, one of the ideas we had is to review a book and um, uh, we kind of had a little bit of a poll and it sounded like the the book might be Desert or Paradise by Sepp Holzer Um, when it comes to this stuff about just doing just open questions or doing like a chapter by chapter book review. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, starting with Katie, who still has her hand up. <laughs> um, I would love to do uh, the book, the chapter by chapter review, but maybe with a question or two at the beginning or end or somewhere, so that people who have questions could could uh, do that too. That's my thought. Okay, maybe uh, maybe sometimes maybe we go every other week. Like every other, because I know that there's two questions that um, people from the Patreon thing typed in that we haven't gotten to yet, but we've already hit an hour, and I don't see these two names on the list of people that's here. So there's like seven. There's seven of us here right now. Uh, Elliot, you got your hand up. Oh, I do. Yes, I think that um, it would be neat to do some. Uh, sort of book club uh, style reviews about things. I thought that your reading 
of the big black book with Alan Booker was really fascinating to listen to. I don't think that we could necessarily come up with something as informed um, as those conversations were, but I do think that there is a place um, in the podcast world uh, for that, and people would find it interesting. I I enjoy doing it myself. Just like like you know, screw the podcast, but. The fact that, that it does seem to be of value to people listening to the podcast is like, oh, well, okay, I guess I could do that. But somehow somehow the need to, to put it into a podcast or the desire to have it in a podcast somehow gets me to set aside time to, to do that. And and so I, 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 I'm glad that the pod people are hungry for it. Kyle! Is this, is this our Kyle or is this yes. another Kyle? <laughs> this is uh, fake Kyle and real Kyle simultaneously. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Hi. Uh, just a comment on that. I, I don't know uh, as a podcast listener if I would – if uh, you plus seven people who happen to show up that day doing a book review is all that interesting compared with you versus the um, the one with Alan was really good. He has a lot of good stuff to say, but it doesn't have to be a podcast. If it's just like, hey, once a month, you know, the seven to ten of us have an hour long, uh, you know, who are Patreon supporters have, you know, our, our book meeting. That's great. I don't have anybody to talk to about when I read this stuff. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, I if, kinda, it, if it ends up being a podcast and, and it's interesting to other people, I don't know if that would be interesting to me, like not being involved, but uh, that's, yeah. I, um, well, first of all, thank you all for supporting my Patreon thing. Um, that, that really, um, that really helps. I mean, um, uh, I'm not sure if it's good news or bad news, but I, in the end, I don't get any of the money. Um, it, it all goes out to getting the podcast um, edited and uh, set up for y'all. Um, but, you know, if there was more, then um, uh, that would help to fund all of our projects and stuff. And, and so that would be, that'd be cool. Uh, but if nothing else, I, I do kind of feel like it, it is a, um, a strong propulsion because for a while there it was kind of like, wow, I spent this much money a year to have, you know, the podcast. And so it was a, a bit of a discouraging element. Like I was putting out fewer and fewer podcasts because it's like, you know, it cost me money to put them out. And uh, um, but now it, it doesn't. It's like the the podcast probably probably break even between um, uh, the money from the podcast and then you know further efforts by people like Bill who you know fix fix all the things uh, as a volunteer. Then uh, we seem to be doing pretty good. We're we're breaking even right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. I, I put out a shout out to uh, I think it was the Dailyish email. So. You know, forty thousand people, and I said, uh, uh, "Hey, if you put in like a dollar to the Patreon, you can get in on this call and stuff." And that 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 brought in zero people. <laughs> it's like I guess we should have used that uh, that dailyish email space for something else. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I kind of, I feel like the rapport of the people that are here for the call today feels good to me. And we could talk about Desert or Paradise. Yeah, I've got that book. Yeah. I should look at it again. <laughs> I still haven't read it because I was planning on doing a chapter-by-chapter chapter review with it because I was so excited to get it. Now it's just been collecting dust on my shelf for years. And uh, for a while, Zach Weiss wanted to record that with me, but um, I haven't seen him for a long time. So, oh, well. He's a very busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen what he's been doing. Uh, that that movie he's working on looks really amazing, and I keep wondering when they're going to come out with it. I'll ask him. I paid him money to come out and visit me, so he, I'm <laughs> supposed to be on his schedule. Oh, good. Good. Um, yeah. There's a whole story there, by the way, Paul, that could come out at some point or time um, in terms of owning land and when does one seek um, such outside counsel and so on and so forth. I I saw the thing that was about buying land, shopping for land, and um, uh, I have – I wrote something for Make It Missoula – years ago about how to shop for land and um uh it's a three it's so big it's a three-part thing and i don't think it's ever been mashed into a podcast but that's something that we could do at some point i'm currently shopping for land so if you need uh if you do that, 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 put that high on your priority if you ask me my opinion. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, uh, uh, Kyle, maybe the thing to do is to, um, well, first of all, does anybody know if I already made it into a podcast, the How to Shop for Land? I don't think so. I've, I've listened to them all, and I feel like the most I got, like the best information I got was uh, – was at the ATC a couple years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you talked about it when you mentioned years and years ago, like, you know, nine and ten years ago, you were talking about looking for land, but you never had, like, a podcast dedicated to it. Okay, all right. So um, I'm, I guess the thing is is that a lot of people come through and they ask questions and I answer questions. And I say the same thing over and over and over again, and I can't remember if I said it once in a podcast or not. And so, uh, but, um, uh, Kyle, you have my email address. How yes. about if, if you and I talk about starting to record something that's based on that stuff that I wrote so we can kind of get it into a podcast? How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. I'll uh, I'll write up something. I'll, I'll hit you up this week, and we can and we'll 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 schedule a time. Yes. Um. I I should try to contact Alan again and resume our work with uh, Permaculture Designers Manual. Yes. Um. Because I do agree that I was certainly enjoying those conversations, and so it'd be great to continue with that. Um. I want to throw a question at you guys, and that is that um, uh, we're talking about doing Desert of Paradise, 
and I thought maybe we could do instead Fields of Farmers by Joel Salatin. And the reason is, is that the whole, his whole book, Fields of Farmers, is about what he calls the curmudgeons, the curmudgeon farmers, so these old guys that are like 70-something, and um, they, are, they have nobody at all to will their land to. And so the whole book is apparently about how to connect the curmudgeon farmers to the, uh, the youth that, you know, want to farm. But, you know, they're, the youth are thinking like, okay, I want to farm, so I guess I got to go to college and get a job and then join the rat race, pay a mortgage, all that stuff. And then once it's all paid off, then I take whatever my income streams then and let it accumulate enough so I could go buy a farm. And uh, um, instead of that, then, of course, you know, how about if we connect you directly to the curmudgeon and then um, you can skip a lot of those steps. And I kind of feel like skip is exactly the same but completely different. So it's about connecting those same curmudgeons, which we refer to as an Otis, um, with uh, a, a youth, which we refer to as a, uh, a pepper. And so I, I kind of, I, I kind of, I had not yet read the book Fields of Farmers. I just, I just remember the last time I was hanging out with Joel, we were both um, presenting at some event, and we were like put together as the speakers, and so we were visiting. So this was what he was writing at the time. That's the book he was working at the time, so that's what he wanted to talk about a lot. And um, he, is, he, is, he says he's been contacted by hundreds of curmudgeons who need somebody to come and be of use, and then um, they will will their land to them. But I kind of feel like, at the same time, the the story of Skip and Pep starts with Mike Ayler, who went through a hundred interns, and none of them made the cut, not a one. And it's like, and he kept calling me every two months to say, "Give me somebody, give me somebody worthy." And um, and I was kind of thinking, like, you know, how do you measure worth? And uh, that's where I started getting the idea of, like, having a list of tasks that a person could do that would prove their worth. And, you know, Pep and Skip grew out of that. All right, so the question is, what do you think? Desert or paradise or fields of farmers? And so... Any, any uh, I vote for Desert or Paradise. <laughs> well, my issue is I've got a copy of Desert or Paradise. I don't have a copy of Fields of Farmers. But I do see the tie-in to your Kickstarter. Good okay. point. All right. Katie? You got your hand up. You got your Hello. microphone on. Yes, sir. It took me a second. Um, I, not to be a pain, but I do vote for both. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not the same moment, but I think there's room for both. 
it depends on your schedule probably, Paul. Um, certainly I would love to hear you guys uh, talk um, a bit of Big Black Book again too, of course. Um, but the Kindle edition, like there's Kindle, you can get these books in digital format if you do digital reading. So I yeah. think, I mean, I think they're available. Instantly. Um, I think they're both really valuable. I'm super excited to read uh, some more of Seth's work uh, and, and hear that critiqued. That's awesome. But uh, this one is super on on brand, <laughs> the other one. It's just it's a good time for it. It's, it's really appropriate for right now. So I, I definitely can see it both ways, and I would love to hear both. <laughs> yeah, Julia, the, did you hear the subtext there? It's like uh, they'll sell that book to anybody. You, you just like, just because you don't have it now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elliot. Um, I think starting with uh, Holter is a great idea, um, just sort of as a foundational piece. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think talking about um, Joel Salatin would be great. Of course, he's got a bit of controversy surrounding him now. I don't know that that matters to us, um, but as a sort of launch piece for that sort of a feature, um, it might be better to avoid said controversy. What's the what's the controversy now? Oh, no, oh. He's been canceled. Yeah, he's been deplatformed. Mother Earth News cut off their ties with him, and there's been this whole kerfuffle about um, oh, it's just sort of white privilege farmers. I don't know. I, I can't quite decode it myself. So I I I want to take this moment. Go to the ugly, dirty place that everybody hates, whatever I do. And it's like, yeah, I've heard this stuff about Joel Salatin for years. Oh, he's a libertarian. And, oh, he's uh what is it? Somebody was trying to say he's a sexist. And it's kind of like, and then it's like, well, why? What happened? And then they describe what happened. And it's like, how did you get sexist out of that? And, it, and it's like, uh, I don't even remember what it was. It, was, it just sounded so weak. And then I kind of feel like I see this shit about me, and it's kind of like, yeah, you, you, there's a grain of truth in what they're saying. You know, it's it's like the Fouch video is all about like, oh, Paul Wheaton's such a piece of shit because he locked that gate. And it's like you were at a PDC which didn't have a gate. And the way that you say it makes it sound like nobody inside the gate has a key. And, and it also sounds like, I took a bunch of people, tied them up, put them on the land, and then they're all trapped in there because of the gate. And it's like they knew the gate was there when they got there, and they voluntarily accepted the key and moved up there. And it's like, and and there's no fence. (laughs) Yeah, you can walk around the gate pretty easily. Uh, Your your escape plans are in the trillions. (laughs) So it's it's kind of like so. There's a grain of truth there, but they're making me out to be a monster because of it. And it's like at the same time, I just recently got raked over the coals. Because of Sepp Holzer. And it's like, and so these crazy people came out of the woodwork to bash Sepp. And, and it's like, we've, and we've deleted this shit about Jeff Lawton, I don't know how many times. And it's like, for every person who's ever accomplished anything, then, then yeah, there's these crazy lunatics coming out of the woodwork to say that they're shit. 
Therefore, I don't know what the scandal is, but I have a feeling, and, it, and we are, we're in an era where people who have accomplished nothing, that somehow their report on something somehow brings them into the spotlight as somebody of worth and value, and all they did was bitch about somebody, and it was unsubstantiated. Yeah. I, I can't that make sense of the arguments that are lobbed against him. Um, I mean, yes, he's a libertarian. Yes, he's got a very Christian angle on things um, and so on and so forth. But none of that affects the basic principles of his farming systems and the logic they're in. Um, and so I, I don't. I don't bring it up because I think that we shouldn't talk about Joel Salatin and put it out there. I just wanted it to be out there that there is a possible sort of little shit storm that might decide to attach itself because of it. That's all. I I kind of think that um, uh, like maybe we should research what what is being said and and if he is being inappropriately wronged that we should do whatever we can to stand up for goodness and decency. And we should support those people who are doing good and decent things and are being, are, are having their work destroyed by dumb fucks who are just dumb fucks. They don't even have a mission. They just want to they just want to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they're glad to trash anybody to get attention. And I kind of feel like in the world of permaculture, I have never seen it this bad. It's, it's just, it's just awful. And that this is, this is the main reason why permaculture is not a household word. It's, it's because of this. This weird, twisted crap. This this anonymous putz on the internet says something nasty. They probably just made it up on the fly, just to get attention, as trolls do. And now the works of of Joel Salatin are being thrown thrown under the bus. Now I could be wrong because I don't know what the current story is and stuff like that. But I just kind of feel like. We're just seeing this over and over and over again. I mean, how many times, how many more times am I going to get thrown under the bus? And I think I'm a fucking prince. Uh, it's like, I am, I, I think, I think really, this is the worst that you've got, the thing about the gate. And, and it's like, uh, I, I mean, every single ugly thing is like, man, they really had to spin that up to try and turn it into a dark thing. And really, that's all you got. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, why don't we have better permaculture leaders than we do now? And it's like, it's this shit. All right. <clears throat> Paul, can I send you uh, via PM a few links? You, if you want. If you want, but well, I, I, mean, I hope you, you, you want to research it. So I mean, I can find some of those things and send them to you. I I I I hope it's 
like something that is, you know, substantial and true. I mean, on the list here, I put up I put up a thing that if we didn't have enough questions or enough to talk about, one of the links I've got is to a thread that I wrote, which I thought I know hasn't been put into a podcast yet because I wrote it just a little while ago, called Haters Gotta Hate and Rapers Gotta Rape. And it's kind of like, of course, because th- what, what, what happens is we keep having these people saying, haters, well, what are you going to do? Haters got to hate. And I kind of feel like, yeah, that's step one. And then they're going to go through 15 steps until we're getting up to, like, rapers got to rape. And it's kind of like, hey, here's a thought. How about if we nip it in the bud at haters got to hate? Because we're, you know, I know we're all kind of, we're, we're all firmly in place of like, no, rapers don't got to rape. We will stand in and stop that shit. And I kind of feel like we should do the same thing for haters got to hate. No, that is not fucking okay. And so let's step in there and stop that shit. That's not okay. And it's kind of like, but we, we're just on this twisted path where it's more fun to crush somebody doing good works than it is to stand by somebody doing good works and to, and, and to say that that hate shit has got to go, man. And when we're all kind of curious why we're all dying from this global disaster and uh, why didn't the permaculturalists just say something louder or whatever, it's like... Well, it's because haters got to hate, and we all embraced it, and so we all went down the drain with the haters. As opposed to, like, let's be supportive of these people doing great works. I, I, I feel so passionately about this, but I kind of feel like I'm just annoying the fuck out of everybody by saying it, because... Because of what I observe, what I see. People just want to see the drama. They want to... Oh, Good, some drama. Let's go look at that happening over there. So, um, Katie, you got your hand up. I think a lot of people agree with you, and I am so grateful for the policy in Permis that lets, uh, lets us be in an environment which is nice, a nice environment. And I think we need more of that. I think this Wild West, you know, on anonymity has benefits, but it also has drawbacks, and I feel like... There are situations where we don't need those drawbacks in our lives. And I think you're right that a lot of people who would make content don't want to have squad cars coming to their house and, and like, death threats on their children. And it's just there's nothing you could do that would make that worth it, so they don't. And if we could protect, it could have a nice environment, we would have a lot more participation. I I think, and that's the big reason why I think Permis is doing well, as as well as, you know, I think Permis acts as an incubator for the future of permaculture, even though there's a lot of people that refuse to go to Permis because I'm in charge of it, and they think I'm a piece of shit. And it's like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. In the meantime, it'll grow, and eventually they'll be like, well, I guess I'll tolerate it, even though that asshole's in charge of it. But I, I think a lot of this boils, comes back to... Um, Gosh, is it seven years ago? It was seven years ago. Permaculture Voices won. Julia was there. But Willie Smith was there. And I gave my keynote 
And my keynote was the velocity of permaculture, and I talked about this problem. And um, there were several people that came up to me after that presentation, and they were pissed as hell. And they complained that that because of what I said on that stage, that I should be banned from, from future Permaculture Voices events. They complained to Diego. and um, uh, But Willie Smith came to me, and he... He complimented me profusely and said that it was one of the best presentations he's ever seen in his life, and he's so glad that I was saying it. And then, he, then later he shared other stories with me of the shit he goes through because of the work that he does. And, and it's like uh, he's got lots and lots of stories of ugly, awful, horrible things. And on top of that, once he, once Diego got him booked, Diego was called like the very next day by somebody bad mouthing uh, Willie Smith and convinced Diego to nix Willie Smith. But before doing it, Diego decided to call me. And I said, Well, you got Joel Salafin coming as a keynote speaker, also, right? Well, you better fire him, too, because, because he's, a, he's got all kinds of people that hate him. And don't forget to fire me. And, uh, Michael Pollan, you better fire that motherfucker. And it's like, uh, you could, you're going to have to fire all your keynotes because there's people that hate them all. And it's like, you're, are you, you're going to listen to the word of some anonymous dipshit over a person that has so much accomplished and has done such magnificent work. And uh, so I, I talked him out of it, and so he kept Willie Smith. But it's it's like, it just never ends. It just goes on and on and on. And it's like, it would be great to have a lot more support. It would be great if the Fouch video, because currently the Fouch video has more upvotes than downvotes. It would be great if it had more downvotes than upvotes. And I mean, like, that whole video is nothing but hate speech. And it kind of reflects a community that we are part of. These people that prefer drama over decency. All right. Um, I think Dominic had his hand up for a while, but he put his hand down. Um, so I did. I was just going to say, love what you were saying and uh, wanted to clap. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um <clears throat> I've got a lot more to say in that thread that I wrote, that big, long essay that I wrote, Haters Gotta Hate, Rapers Gotta Rape. Um, uh, I kind of, uh, there's it, a little bit of a, a tie-in to um, a Bitcoin. I, it's like there's, there was somebody that posted the other day. I, just didn't even, I felt like I didn't even have the time to reply. And uh, they said, uh, how does Bitcoin fit in with permaculture values considering how much energy it uses for each transaction? And it's kind of like, well, if you use the Lightning net Network for the transactions, the cost of the transaction is less than a penny. So then I think that that would mean that a transaction uses less than a penny's worth of electricity. Um, and so I don't understand where we're talking. Because they keep saying like a transaction, a single transaction uses more energy then it costs uh, for like a house for two months, and it's like well. Something about the encrypt 
action and the way the computers are just whirring around in the background. I think I think we got to separate special. out the transactions from the miners. Yeah. And and so it's kind of like, okay, how much energy was used to mine that gold that people were you know are using as a as a an alternative currency? I mean, we could talk about paper and fiat currency and stuff like that, but there's also this whole element of, like, there's some people that can't control Bitcoin, but they can control the fiat currency, and they don't like Bitcoin, and so they're spending millions, if not billions of dollars to spread FUD about Bitcoin. But the bottom line is, is if the transaction costs less than a penny, and somebody somewhere has got a profit off of that, then surely the energy cost is well below a penny. And I kind of feel like, you know, how much is a how much is a credit card transaction? How much energy does that use? So but in the meantime, yeah, the miners, yeah, that's like you know, they gotta they gotta spend like, you know, fifteen thousand dollars in in electricity in order to be able to get a Bitcoin that's now worth about, I don't know, what is it worth now, about $40,000? Yeah, that's a that's a big energy suck. I, I don't, I'm not uh, personally mining Bitcoins, but I know there's some people that are. Um, I think we got to separate those two ideas. Uh, and it's like, but I kind of feel like I'm not, I'm not a big Bitcoin person. And so I'm not, I don't feel like I'm qualified to be the person that really answers. But I do believe that whatever the, whatever the energy is, is if they're going to say it's going to run a house for two months and the average cost of running a house is about $200 a month for all energy, so it's got to be $400. So they're saying, yeah, that's $400 per transaction in energy. And it's like, then why is it costing less than a penny? I, I think there's a big disconnect there. Clearly, somebody is, like, working the FUD engine there pretty hard. And it's like, you know, do you choose to believe the FUD, or do you look at what's sitting right the fuck in front of you? And there's, it's less than a penny per transaction. Clearly, there's less than a penny of energy being used in that transaction. How much of a penny is being used for a single credit card transaction that Bitcoin's not involved in? And it's kind of like, I wouldn't be surprised it's about the same. But fuck if I know. Not my field of expertise. But it's like, now we're all going to, all these people are going to hate Bitcoin. Well, maybe they're trying to get the price to go down so they could buy in, so they're going to say scary things. But as far as I can tell, Bitcoin fits in pretty damn good with permaculture. As far as I can tell. But, again, not my area of expertise. And when people talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and shit on permies, we allow it. Fine, go ahead, talk about it. Plus, I think it's cool. Years ago, people wanted to pay me in Bitcoin for stuff. And so I said, okay. And uh, so they paid me in Bitcoin. And at the time, the Bitcoin was worth 600 bucks. And now Bitcoin's pushing 40 grand. And it's like, Neat. <laughs> Easy money for me. <laughs> I think more people should pay me in Bitcoin because that was a fun ride. Yeah, you know, it might be worth 
considering like moving other assets into Bitcoin as well. I I agree. I think it's at this point in time for me personally. Um, I think I think that we are near the tipping point for stuff at Wheaton Labs. Um, I, everything is growing really well. Um, uh, we only have two PDC tickets left, uh, and so if anybody wants to get on that, they better buy those tickets right away. Um, uh, you know, the, the crowd we got here now, um, they are great folk. And we're doing good stuff. I mean, we were we were looking at that uh, that plane over here, and we're looking at the love shack getting an overhaul, and and um, I don't know that we, we're we're getting a lot of people. Like we say, okay, boot time is forty hours a week, and then of course there's nest labor time in addition to that. But we've got a lot of people that are putting in a good sixty plus hours a week to do things here, and. Uh, and so it's it's really feeling like people who are here and they want to see the community grow, they want to see the project succeed, they want to see everything happen, and so it's moving forward. And um, when other people show up, they're like, I want to hang out with these people forever. I think we're close to the tipping point. I think I think we're about to take up. So when it comes to the idea of like, oh, let me just take this money and go stick it in Bitcoin, I'm I'm more like no I right now I'm I'm all in on our projects and uh and frankly you know we're still running on a pretty tight budget here and I wish we had more operating capital but Lara's here and she's doing uh she's in charge of the um the rentals and the events and so hopefully we're going to see more rentals and more events and our property is going to become self-sustaining as opposed to me you know, coming up with lots of money to pay for everything. Um, I, I, you know what? And and uh, uh, I'd be open to. Uh, at the same time, I've got a a jetpacker that's calling in her chip, and she's calling in a big chip. And uh, it's kind of like, ooh, boy, right now, huh? So I'd be open to the idea of a couple of more jetpackers getting in, and. Um, for for I mean the original set of jetpackers all came from the pod people, and I I, sh- I think I think everybody here knows what a jetpacker is, right? Is there anybody? I don't. Tell us. Tell us again. Okay. All right. All right. So the story goes like this. Um, I came. I, I bought the lab outright, and I had enough money left over to put a down payment on a nearby property that would have be on the grid and thus we could weld and and it would already have a well and everything and and stuff like that. So I wanted to find a property near the lab to be base camp where we could kind of, you know, do a bunch of stuff and then make trips up to the lab to build and get things going. Um, <laughs> originally I thought I'd I would live at base camp for three years and then I would live in a Wafati up on the lab and comedy happened and you know, but all right. Um, there, as luck should have it, there was a property very close to the lab that was available for sale, and I had uh, 
enough money to put uh, uh, one-third down. And, and properties in the country are generally uh, owner-financed uh, because banks won't generally touch them. And so uh, owner-financing is generally one-third down and then, like, you know, some typical rate. And at the time, it was 5% was kind of a very typical rate for a mortgage. And so uh, the owner said, you could have this property if you put one-third down and agree to pay 5% over 30 years. And so it's, you know, a mortgage. And it's kind of like, so I said, deal, I'm in. And then they replied to say, we changed our minds. We want all the money up front. We withdraw our offer of owner financing, which I'm kind of thinking like, you can do that? You can just <laughs> say, yoink, changed my mind, fuck off, like that? Uh, so rather than getting into the legality of that, I just started looking for other properties. And um, the other properties were much farther away and were shit. They were just awful for all kinds of reasons. And it's kind of like, man, that's too bad. That one property was so close, and it was pretty nice. Pretty nice. And so I mentioned it into the, I don't know, probably into the podcast, I think, or maybe online. But um, a beautiful thing happened. Uh, I kind of felt like uh, George from It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, seven people wrote fat checks and said, I'd love to have 5%. They didn't ask for a signature. They didn't ask for a lien. They, they just sent fat checks. And so the amount of money that they sent was enough to be able to buy the first property outright. And so we call them the jetpackers. And then over the years, once in a while, a jetpacker will call on their chip. And they'll say... I I need that money back. And so I say, I'll try to get it to you in a few months. And so far, I've always managed to get it back to them in a few months. And then um, every few years, I'll pay out interest to them. Um, not every year, but um, everybody that's currently in a, a jetpacker with standing funds, they're, they've always been cool with it. They've never said anything like, you know, you got to do it this different way or anything. Um, and so uh, with the jetpacker now calling in a big chip, and I got the story, and I could see why they want it now, 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 now. And um, uh, I would, I think it would be cool to be able, like right now, right when we're so close to the tipping point, and you know we're sending some vehicles into the shop for some major repairs and things. It's kind of like, uh, boy, a little extra coin right now would be kind of nice. <laughs> So uh, to get past this tipping point. And, of course, we're going to do a Kickstarter, too. Um, uh, and I'm hope, and that's, but anyway, there's lots and lots of stories. But I'd be open. And, and there's, there's uh, two people that offered to be a jetpacker. And I said, I'm going to save your information and get back to you. And um, we've got the well drilled, but we've got to get the, um, the pump house and the cistern and the pump and the plumbing and all that stuff and we i'm kind of waiting for spring to roll around and then i'm going to exercise those uh those jet packers but if we had a couple of more that'd be cool that's all i'm saying
So did I did I explain it well enough? Any questions? Did I leave anything out? No, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. There were two questions that people asked. So I think I think what I got the feel of is that when we come back, let's let's record Desert Paradise. But I think what I want to do first is because the other thing is is that I know Katie had two questions, and I don't believe we got to those. So maybe for Permaculture Smackdown next week. We'll take on Katie's questions, and then we'll also take on the questions from Penny and Ivar, who posted to the Patreon thing. Plus, um, you know, I feel like uh, maybe the thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, first, let's let's get out of all of the the Patreon peeps' questions, and then we'll start the chapter by chapter review of Desert or Paradise. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. All right. Take care of your Patreons first. I like that. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm really grateful that the Patreon peeps back all of this and keep it going and make it less of a burden. Um and and you know, feel free to, to whip out some more questions and have them ready for when we do this again next week. Uh I I said something about like um uh something Something about uh, um, doing it in the middle of the week because Permaculture Smackdown used to be recorded Tuesdays at two, but then um, I I kind of feel like uh, a lot of people were saying I'll do it if it's on the weekend. Is is for the people that showed up? Is there anybody that's on this call now? And I'm thinking already Julia probably cannot do Tuesdays at two. Um, well, ironically. Two for you is one specific time, and that is my lunch hour. Although I'd have to find a room because I have a roommate in my office. (laughs) Yeah, but if you were if you had headphones on, it would be like you're taking a call in your office, right? Right. Yeah. But it does seem like if we could hear your roommate on a call, that might be a bad thing. Like a HIPAA violation. Right, right, right. Um, Is there anybody else on this call that could do Tuesdays at 2? You know, hold your hand up, say something, so nobody else can do Tuesdays at 2. So maybe we got to – okay, Katie can. Yeah, all right. So maybe we got to stick to the weekend because it sounds like a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, the weekend works, Tuesdays don't. Plus, you know, then Julia can – be a little bit, a uh, little, you know, say a little bit more, kind of a thing. Mm. All right. Anything else we want to put into this podcast before we call it all done? Nope. All right. I think I'm going to try and find the button to stop the podcast. Where is this button? Oh, more. And then there it is. Okay. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com. We talk about how to clean up a nice plane, <laughs> homesteading, and permaculture all the all time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.